0: Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein.
1: And I'm Hannah Christian, Director of Career Services here at Northwest. And today's guest on our podcast is... Amy Gessert, the Executive Director for the Maryville Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Amy. It's really great to have you on our podcast today.
2: Thanks. This is my very first ever being on podcast.
1: That makes it twice as good. (laughs) So we like especially to chat about, well, as Travis said in the intro, how did you get to Northwest? Where how your your long and winding journey. So let's just start out with where are you from originally? And did you go to Northwest? If so, how did you get there?
2: Okay, so I am from Leon, Iowa, this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere in Decatur County. And I did come to Northwest. I came here because my best friend and I had looked at going to Mo West. And I don't remember how I switched gears from there. I was going to go to Mo West, be with my best friend. We were going to share a dorm together. And then I think a recruiter showed up and I thought, hmm, Griffins, ew. And then I came here. (laughs) So
0: you fit right in when you got here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So it was just kind of happenstance that I came here and um, I came on an academic scholarship and kind of struggled a little bit with that, had to take a minute and regroup and rethink what I wanted to do with my life, took a semester off and came back and finished strong.
1: So did you know what you wanted to major in? What were your thoughts around deciding on what your major was?
2: I knew forever that I wanted to help people in my career. So I was one of those high school kids that I spent a lot of time with. Our cheerleading coach actually was the special ed director. So I spent a lot of time in the special ed classes. And back in my day, everything was segregated. We had special ed had its own little pod and it was in its own class. And we only saw kids that were getting special education services at maybe recess or maybe we would see them at lunchtime, but that was it. So when I was in high school, I was a cheerleader, super active in sports and things like that, but I had a special kind of interest with Mrs. Groom. She was a good mentor for me. So I spent a lot of time in there with them. Well, that, and coupled with just the way that I grew up, I grew up pretty hard. I actually moved out of my parents' house when I was 13 years old and lived by myself. So I knew that there was this need to be a voice for people that didn't otherwise have the courage to speak up for themselves. So that just coupled with Mrs. Grimm's guidance got me into the psychology realm. So I came to Northwest, majored in psychology, and eventually graduated with a bachelor's in psychology and my minor is in gerontology.
1: Could you tell us a little bit about the struggles of that first semester? Like what was hard for you adapting to college life and what helped you kind of turn the corner and be successful after that?
2: So that first semester was super hard. I had a brother that was six years old at the time and I was raising him from a afar my first couple of semesters. So I had to work. I wasn't a student that could come here and Really focus on my studies. So, I was a grown up in a 17 year old's body. I graduated high school early, so I came here at 17 and really just trying to figure out how to be a student while raising a six year old that lived an hour and a half away and being able to make sure that he had food in the fridge and those kinds of things. It was hard to prioritize my learning when I had all of those kind of big, heavy things on my mind. So, I didn't do very well. Clearly, I can look back now and say, well, obviously, girl had to figure out a lot of things before she could prioritize school over that. But I did. Eventually, I um, took a semester off. I found a couple of really good mentors here in town, Merlin and Kay Atkins. They had Bearcat Express, a gas station where the student body is now. And I bothered him every single day until his wife finally looked at him and said, Merlin, can't we just hire this girl? (laughs) So I ended up getting a really good job with them being assistant manager at the gas station there. And that gave me enough stability, I think, to kind of start building what I needed to do to have a good foundation to finish school.
1: That's super powerful. We talk a lot about students and mental wellness or mental health. Right. And it's really, I think, empowering, encouraging for you to share your story because we, we simply don't know what other people are going through, right? And being on a college campus and going through that transition to adulthood, like that's a lot of juggling of different types of, of things.
2: And really just being able to give yourself the grace and that. So it's hard enough, I think, coming to a brand new place when you're 17, 18 years old and trying to figure out what life is like when you're going to school and being responsible and all that stuff. And then when you come here, maybe with a little bit of extra hurdles to get over, whatever that is, you have to, I guess, if anybody's watching this and listening to this and going through this, it's okay to struggle right now. Hopefully you can kind of figure yourself out and figure your life out. And even though maybe you're struggling a little more than someone else might be your roommate or whatever, we're all kind of doing this together when we're coming here as first-time freshmen. So give yourself some grace because it's all supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. And hopefully you'll come out of it okay at the end.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic advice. And I think, you know, we all, I think you make the assumption that when a student is here in college as a freshman at 17 or 18 years old, that they're all very similar and have but you never know what is going on an hour and a half back home that they're dealing with. So, you know, struggles are struggles. And yeah, you just got to make the best out of it. And I think that it's it's nice. It's always good to hear from someone who's been through that and come out the other side stronger and can say. You can do it. Like You can support that. So So you did psychology. So psychology doesn't necessarily lead into executive director of the Chamber of Commerce. So I assume there's some jobs between those two. So what did you do with that psychology degree once you graduated?
2: So right out of college, I found I graduated in January. And the very end of December, I sat for an interview with Missouri Protection and Advocacy. It's a federally mandated law firm that every state has one and it only serves people with disabilities. So my job was to, if someone had a disability and had a problem that wasn't related to family law, so it wasn't child support or custody and it wasn't a criminal matter, but they were just running into hurdles where they couldn't push through my job was to help them resolve that issue. So I did a lot of cases with kids that had the need for an IEP in school and weren't getting the supports and the structure that they needed. Or sometimes they just, the parents weren't having a really easy time communicating with the school. So it wasn't necessarily that the school was doing something wrong. There were just communication barriers that I could help build the bridge, I guess I should say. And then I did things like people that were in prison with hearing loss, they couldn't hear calls for count, So I would help them get accommodations like a shaker alarm or something else to help them with that. So I could start my morning with a six year old in, you know, first grade. And then in my day, locked in a 10 by 10 room by myself because I had the confidentiality that I needed with someone who was in prison for murder that needed accommodation. So super interesting work. And I did everything on that whole spectrum of disability work for 10 years. Loved that work so much. It, it taught me a ton of things. My area was supposed to be everything north of Kansas City and then this side of Cameron But I was really good at it. I was young and I didn't have a family and I liked to travel. So I covered the whole state, loved it. But at about the 10-year mark, Lettuce Dream started to open. And I had been sitting on the board meeting for that, kind of just figuring out what that was. And I saw that as a chance to leave this government job and really create something good for our area and our communities. Worked there for about six months helped them write their program, helped them write the contract to be DMH funded. It was very nonprofit in every sense of the word then, and I was people older and needed health insurance. So I left there, went to the group homes here in Maryville, and I was there for four years. So I helped build behavior programs. I helped build the employment program and expanded from nine houses to 13 there and really kind of pushed that more towards the independent supportive living realm and out of the group home realm to just my disability rights passion kind of helped me do that a little bit. But then um, Lily was leaving this job as executive director. The way that I saw it was that I had built a lot of really good things for our community in the disability realm, but this gave me a chance to widen my focus to the wider, you know, the wider community as a whole. So I jumped on that eight months ago and
1: here I am. I want to back up real quick before we talk about chamber work to that very first position. How did you find it or how did you go about finding it?
2: It was on one of the Missouri job sites. I think it was like Missourijobs.com back then. And it was completely by luck, that I had applied for this job. I applied for it the day that it closed, got a phone call from the secretary saying, We'll go ahead and push you through. We're doing interviews. I think the next day, can you come? And I showed up there a half an hour early in St. Joe and sat there with this gentleman. And I was nervous, you know, trying to just get my nerves out before this. So I came early and I talked to this gentleman, talked about kind of when I get nervous. I overspeak, so I overspoke to this man about everything that I had like gone through to get this interview and how excited I was. And then it comes time for my interview, and he kind of put his hands on his knees and said, "Okay, are you ready for your interview?" It was the executive director for <laughs> protection and advocacy that I had been word vomiting to. <laughs> so, despite all that, he liked me, and um, it just kind of was. Almost faded. I think I had happened across the listing, just barely managed to get my stuff in on time, and then the interview before me canceled.
0: We also have not talked about Lettuce Dream on this podcast before, and I know that we have a lot of students who will intern there and interest in that. Can you tell us about that organization and kind of what it what it is and what it does for the Maryville community?
2: Absolutely. So it is a greenhouse that is exists to teach people with developmental disabilities skills to help them in the workplace. And that was four years ago. That was the elevator speech four years ago. So it's evolved a little bit since then. They're they're not only focusing on that pre-vocational kind of skills that you need to work. They're also doing more uh, workplace services where they do job coaching and kind of employer and individual matching. So they can take someone kind of get to know them really well, figure out what their strengths are, figure out what kind of supports that they need in the community, and then make a good match to the employers to help someone with a developmental disability work for a competitive wage in employment, just like you and I can.
1: That's really incredible resource. It is. That's really incredible.
2: And it's a beautiful place. The greenhouse itself, my office was kind of in the great big room before you go into the greenhouse. And I've never had a less structured office but I've never loved a place more than I loved coming into work there. It would be 20 degrees outside and it would be 75. Tropical. And <laughs> and beautiful. So very cool place. They operate in a very unique way where, um, it's not segregated work. So they bring in volunteers from the community. So people with disabilities are working side by side with people without disabilities. And the way that it was structured with the executive director there at the time was the people with the disabilities would lead the trainings and all of that. So you may come in to volunteer and not even know that the person teaching you how to do the job that you're there to do has a disability. And that to me was the coolest thing to see play out. So Very much love, let us dream, very much so.
1: Awesome. So, Chamber of Commerce. All right. So, tell us the story of your first eight months. How has that gone? What do you do? I know we had Lily. Here's a shameless plug for our previous episode, but kind of talk to us about what you do on a daily basis and how it's gone.
2: So, the Chamber of Commerce is a membership based organization. So, businesses pay to be a member of the Chamber. And I work. A lot in the realm of being the face of business or the voice of business so the chamber has three pillars to connect to promote and to advocate kind of the more visual visible side of my work is that connect and promote we do networking things where we're getting ready to do boss coffee next week where it's a kind of an entrepreneur focus group where we can go to businesses and other entrepreneurs can talk to kind of hash out the problems they're facing and get to solutions together and to partner with each other to offer kind of some really cool deals and things to their customers. And then the promote side of it, we're doing an Easter egg hunt right now where there are participating businesses that chipped in gift cards and you can go around to stores in town, find an Easter egg and bring it into the chamber and win one of the gift cards from the stores. So that's the more visible stuff. The invisible stuff probably takes up 80% of my job. And that is the advocacy piece. So the most recent things that we've done is there's been um, ARPA funding, it's American Rescue Plan Act funds. So it was way it was back from the COVID funding that was getting pumped into the economy, the city, the county and the state got some big pots of money. And then their attorneys had to kind of hash out how they were going to distribute it out. They didn't get a lot of guidance on that. And They knew, both the county and the city both knew that businesses locally needed some help and needed some money, but they didn't really know how best to get that there and what that would look like for businesses. So it wasn't all me by any means, but there was a group of people that were really just kind of helping connect business needs to the people that controlled the money. So um, out of that came Nottaway County did some small business grants that weren't just need-based. If you needed it, you sent them some information, they sent you some money. The city is doing a facade grant and that they came up with on there on that. I really didn't have a whole lot of hand in other than just getting that information out to businesses and kind of helping them navigate that. We're doing some advocacy on the state side for uh workforce development, broadband, connectivity. We just had Great Northwest Days at the Capitol where we took a whole bunch of people down to kind of learn how to, networking is not the right word, but how to really interact with our local elected people and to get things done. It was a blizzard down there. Travis, you got to see that. And that was my first time going to that. So um, I got to, selfishly, I got to learn in a little quieter environment what Great, Great Northwest Days is about. But I think the fav- my favorite part of my work is that advocacy work and just figuring out, I mean, clearly given my history of breaking down barriers is I want to know what's holding the businesses back, what's holding our community back and what ways we can kind of work together to get those barriers out of the way. I think a lot of people around here really have the same good intentions. It's just getting them to talk to each other and to listen to each other. That I spend a good part of my day on. And that's the most rewarding piece of it.
0: And you're a very small team in the Chamber of Commerce, right? It's not like you've got a staff of hundreds of people to help you do this work, right?
2: Me and Nicole. And she is amazing. She's what keeps me sane. Um the takeaway number two out of this from me should be have a good team that you rely on. And tell them that every single day. So I'm going to
1: make Nicole watch this later. And Nicole, I appreciate you. Nicole is amazing. I I will second that for you.
0: I would imagine though, since you are such a small staff and that's such, you know, that's a pretty big obligation to, you know, just advocate for all businesses in Maryville, you know, no big deal. (laughs) So you probably rely on a lot of volunteers and their help. So how can somebody help if they want to get involved, if they want to help contribute to make Maryville a better place and make Maryville businesses more successful, what can they do?
2: Yeah, that's a super good point. So the chamber is kind of based on that volunteerism model. We have committees, and we have subcommittees, and we have groups of all different kinds. So we have a group called ambassadors that our next meeting is May 9th. And that is to really be the face of the chamber and to help kind of get that message out of the invisible work that I'm doing. There are some other pieces kind of in the advocacy work that we're doing, but there's also really fun things that are happening, like new businesses that are coming to Maryville, and I can't get that word out as well as the ambassadors can. So what we do for that is we come and have lunch. It's the second Monday, I think, of every of every month. We have lunch together. We gossip a little bit about all the things, but gossip in a good way. We share news more so than share fake news. We talk about really what's coming and and who's um, got things to celebrate. And then we share that good stuff out. That's the second Monday of every month at lunch. And then we have a different meeting. I think the Monday after that, every month called Maryville Citizens for Community Action. That has kind of died out over the years, but that's more nonprofit focused. So that's more of a networking group. If you are in charge of a club or an organization or a business, you can come to that and just kind of learn about what nonprofit activities are around. We have a group for leadership, Maryville. That's a class that future leaders or kind of newer leaders to the community and even seasoned leaders can take and go through that course. That's a really, really cool course where you get to meet leaders in the city, in the agricultural sector, in the nonprofit sector. It's a just a really cool opportunity to really be plugged into all the all the things that are around here. And when you graduate from that class, you can set you can have a chance to sit in on the committee that plans that. We also have a farm city banquet committee that plans our farm city banquet in November. So if you've got agricultural interests and would like to see how that runs, I can kind of direct you in that way. Then we have socials that we do every now and then we have chamber socials. Our last one was at Timber Cats and we got to throw axes and I figured out that I am incredibly good at axe throwing. So don't challenge me. You'll lose. (laughs) And then we have first Friday coffees. First Friday coffees are, they just kind of happen at businesses around the community. Um, The first Friday of the month, 730 to nine o'clock, you can come and go as you please interact with chamber members, see different businesses. And that's kind of. It that's coming to my mind. But if you're interested in something or just getting involved more or just even knowing more about your community, you can reach out to me in an email, in a text if you want to, and just ask me some questions and we'll get you hooked up.
1: So does that include if I'm a college student listening to this? Yeah,
2: I have got a focus group for college students. It's not a very huge group. I think right now we've got seven or eight college students in there. And the last session that we had was really focused on shopping habits and kind of what, what stores they shop locally, what stores they don't, what they don't know about, and what is maybe holding them back from going into those stores. And that was completely eye-opening and amazing to me. That may have been one of the best meetings I have ever had here because I went into it thinking I knew and realizing two things, that Facebook is for old people, which I didn't know that which was amazing to hear. (laughs) And then um, that I really have no idea the things that I thought I knew. So really neat to open my eyes and ears up to college students there. So I think we have maybe three or four spaces open in that focus group. So if you're interested in that, send me an email and we'll get you on that list if we have space for you.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: So lots of opportunities if someone wants to get involved. No, no reason to say that uh, there's all those things. So if you want to get involved and I'll make sure in the video to have your contact information on there, and then in the audio, we'll have it in the description too. So no excuses, people,
1: if you want to get involved, you can do it. And if none of those things
2: fit you and you still want to get involved, send me an email and we will find a way.
1: So basically just email Amy. Amy will find a way to make it work, to make it fit for you. Yep. That's what I do. Any words of wisdom? I think everybody has a unique path, but you definitely have like a very unique path through college and which then informed your career. Right. So words of wisdom, maybe for young professionals, maybe college students surrounding career paths or anything that you want to do with your life.
2: feel like I have so many. And one of the things I didn't say that I really wanted to say is if any part of my story before really hit home with you and you don't have somebody that has kind of walked a really hard path and make it, reach out to me. I'm very big on helping each other and especially women, but it doesn't have to be women, but I'm very very big on helping lift each other up. So if you are kind of in a space where you just need somebody to talk to, or just need maybe um, a strong female that has been through a lot of things and made it out the other side to be an example for you, would love to do that for anybody that needs it. The so words of wisdom, just keep going. This life is a really, really long life. It's not always easy and you get so many chances to make stupid mistakes and pick yourself back up again and keep going forward. And don't let one or two or seven or eight slip ups keep you from reaching for the things that you really want in life there's always more time awesome
1: solid
0: yeah. advice Yep. all right well thank you so much amy we appreciate it
2: yeah thanks for having me guys
0: all right well that will do it for the episode of behind the bearcat and we'll talk to you next time